you need to uh, you need to be appreciative of the Holy Spirit. Best friend I've ever had goes with me everywhere I go, and without him, there's nothing else that can be done. But I thank God uh, the day I got saved, He moved into my heart and indwelt me and. I thank God for that tonight. He's been with me in a lot of different places and a lot of different things. And unless the Holy Spirit shows up and the Holy Spirit works in His people, there's nothing that's going to happen tonight in God's house. I've been uh, studying and praying and uh, asking the Lord to show me where He'd have me to be tonight. And I, I pray that I'm where God wants me to be. I don't want to miss uh, anything God wants to do. I know that He's working. I know He's moving because the way the Holy Spirit's dealing with me when I'm praying and studying about what God would have us to do, there's, as I said, there's a lot of different messages uh, that can be preached. It's a big Bible. There's, there's something in every bit of it. But there's only one message for tonight. And there may be somebody here, this message may be exactly for you. But I want you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 13. Matthew, chapter 25, and verses 1 through 13. been praying, Lord... Uh, uh, do you want to have revival? What are we going to look like? What's it need to be? What needs to be revived? And he's been sharing some things with me, and I thank God for the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 13. If, uh, if you're willing and able, can stand in honor of God's Word in reverence to it. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 1. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 1. The Word of God says it. I want you to notice before I read this, though. This text is in red. That's big. It's all, it's all inspired and it's all the Holy Ghost. But this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Those that had oil and those that didn't, all of them slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them to sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know ye not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Word. Father, I thank You for the truth of Your Word. I thank You, Father, that we can preach Your Gospel, Lord, that's inerrant and infallible, Father. And Lord, I thank You for the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank You what I felt in my heart. And Father, I pray tonight, God, I'd preach everything You'd have me to preach. I'd preach no more than what You'd have me to preach. But Father, I pray, God, that I would preach the way that You'd have me to. And Father, I pray, God, tonight, if there's one here tonight that don't know You, Father's never asked You to come into their heart to save them, Father. 
Lord, I pray that you'd do that tonight. I pray you'd reach down and meet them right where they are, God. Father, I pray, Lord, for each one that's here, I pray that we would be all ready to go to meet the bridegroom. And, Father, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Father, I thank you for grace and mercy. I thank you, God, tonight I don't have to go to hell. I can go to heaven based on what you've done for me and for your promises that you've given me. Father, I pray that you'd be leading each and everything. Father, I pray that you'd bind the devil, Lord, tonight from this place. Father, I pray you'd put a hedge around it. Father, I pray that our minds would be settled on what you'd have us to do. And, Lord, that we would be obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit tonight. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let me say before we get started. If you're, a, if you're saved, you can't be lost. Let me go ahead and say that. If you're saved, you can't be lost. I, I, I believe in eternal security. If God's got you in His faith, if, if you're in the palm of His hand, you can't be plucked out. If you're, I want you to know that before I preach this message. If you're saved, you can't be lost. But I want you to know this. If you're lost, you can be saved. Now, I'm not Calvinist. I don't know. I, I ain't never been here before except this week. I believe that Jesus Christ saves whosoever will. And that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that, he, uh, I believe that He's willing to, that all should be saved, that none should be lost, and that's what the Word of God says. I don't understand everything, but what I do understand I like. And I'm glad tonight. I'm glad tonight that if you're lost on your way to hell, that you can be saved, that Jesus Christ will meet you, and if the Holy Ghost draws you, you can be saved beyond a shadow of a doubt. You don't have to worry about it anymore. But if you are saved, you cannot be lost. I'm not here to preach to get you to doubt. I'm here to preach if you're lost that you'd get saved. First night I believe I preached on, uh, I can't even remember, oh, he lost Jesus. If you you know a, a church if it's going to be revived it's got to it's got to it's got to find him right where it's left him everybody in it has to and then we preached on the to worship and 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 what we need to what we need to have reviving in our worship each and every day we need a church that worships and I've seen that what a blessing we've got something to shout about don't we And then we preached on what side are you going to be on. So I'll say this. You get a church that's worshiping. You get a church that's all in. You get a church that finds exactly where Jesus is and doing what God would have them to do. You get those three things. That church is going to do something. God's going to use that church. He's going to move in that church. And I'll tell you what I'm finding out. You get a church that everybody's saved in, it helps. You say, well, that don't make any sense at all. It makes perfect sense. Had a friend run a revival not long ago, just a few weeks ago in Alabama, and the church ran 12 people. He called me, said, I want you to pray for me. I said, brother, what are you going to revive? He said, I don't know, but God's burning in my heart. Said the He said, the preacher ain't baptized nobody in about seven years, and it looks like it's going to close unless God does something with it. 
And at the end of that, in the end of that revival meeting, three of those 12 people that went to that church got saved, and God's already moving, and that church is going forward. It isn't amazing. You say, well, you should never have to preach that. Jesus shouldn't have to write about it. <laughs> so I'm going to preach what God's put on my heart. The rapture takes place tonight, and we don't get to have service tomorrow night. My prayer is that nobody shows up. Hey, Pastor Boy, what's the goal for your church? My goal for Beulah Baptist Church is if a rapture takes place, the doors stay locked, and nobody comes in because they've all win. That's the goal. But God's told me, and the Holy Ghost has told me, and God's Word has told me, there'll be wheat and tares. Wolves and sheep. Jesus speaking in a parable right here. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus saying that the kingdom of heaven is one like this earthly event, and it's a, it's a wedding that's about to occur in this parable right here. And usually Jewish weddings started at night, and, but no set time is just whenever the, the father told the bridegroom or told his son to go get his bride. And so they had to be ready because it usually happened at night time, and they'd have to get ready, and it wouldn't be like a one-night event. It would go on for days and days and days. So they had to be ready. They didn't know when he was coming. They didn't say, we were going to do it at 6 o'clock. They didn't know when he was coming. So they had to be ready and they had everything ready to be dressed, be ready, because the bridegroom was coming whenever the father said to go get his bride. The bridegroom would come to that bride's house, get the bride and take it back to the father's house and the wedding would begin. This parable right here is about 10 who were invited now, are you following me tonight? Ten that were invited to the wedding. Okay? Now, five of them wasn't invited, and five of them wasn't. That blows up a lot of theology, don't it? All were invited. That's right. All were invited. All, all ten, it wasn't seven and three, five and five, eight and two. All ten were invited. So the first thing I want us to see right here is this professing, the, this prof, uh, profession right here, I guess you'd say, all the same. They're all ten the same. I want you to notice, first of all, their appearance is the same. On the outside, everything looks exactly alike on the outside. Everything looks exact. You can't tell one from the other. They all look alike. They all talk alike. They all look the same. They all look ready. Their appearance was the same. They all had the right look. Seems like, to re as I read it, all of them had their wedding garments on. All of them was carrying lamps. All of them had clamps in their hand. All of them knew they was going to need light when it got to be dark. And they all had their, they all had their wedding garments on. They was all waiting because all ten had been invited. Not only did they have the right look, they was in the right location. They were right where they're supposed to be. Right where they're supposed to be. Y'all follow me right here. They all had the right look. They all held the right location. They weren't out wandering around the city. 
They wasn't down at the club. They wasn't down at the bar. They wasn't down here. They wasn't down there. They were all right where they were supposed to be. They all looked the same. That's right where the bridegroom had told them to wait and the, and, the, and the father had told them, said, all ten of you, get right where we're at. And, and, they, and they were all right where they needed to be. All ten of them. All ten of them. Why? They had a wedding to be at. Right? <laughs> that was their appearance. But I, I, I want you to notice something really that until just about a few weeks ago the Lord had never showed me in this text. I knew about their appearance, that they all looked the same. That it was all together at the right place, at the right time. But not just their appearance, but I want you to notice their knowledge. What did they know? And this is where it gets a little tricky. See, they, they, they knew, listen, I want you to understand something tonight. They knew the bridegroom was coming. They knew, they knew beyond the shadow of the doubt the bridegroom was coming. Any day, any hour, they knew it wasn't a dream. They knew the wedding, listen church, they knew the wedding was going to happen. They knew the bridegroom was going to come. They, they, they knew all these things. Right? They knew that, that, that it, that it was going to occur. They, only, they not only knew that it was coming, they, they actually knew what to carry. Every one of them had the lamp. That Bible you got in your hand, that's a lamp unto your feet. Right? Light unto your path. They all had their lamps. Every one of them. They, they knew... What they needed because the bridegroom might come and probably would come in the night time. They were okay if he came in the day, but what if he came in the night? Or so they thought. They, they, they knew the crowd to be in. Verse 7, well, verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all, is that word right there? They all slumbered and slept. That means the five that was wise and the five foolish. That should talk about those who were wise. That should talk to some of us that are saved because they were slumbering and sleeping while the bridegroom. I tell you what, God's people need to wake up. I need to wake up. Because you know what? There's a sense of urgency. There ought to be a sense of urgency. The bridegroom is coming, and right here, it says right here that, that they all slumbered and slept. But I want you to notice that word all right there. Look at verse 7. Then they all, all those virgins arose and trimmed their See, we've got this word all right here. They were all together. They were all invited. They all had lamps. They were all talking. They were all waiting. They were all knowing. They knew they, they were all doing the same, same thing together. 
But look at verse 6 and 7. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose. All. And that throws, that throws me for a little bit of a loop right there. They all knew the bridegroom was coming. They all, they, all, they all knew the crowd to be in. They all knew what to carry. And they all knew and recognized the call. Since they all arose, they all jumped up. Because the bridegroom's coming. Wedding's getting ready to happen. They all knew what the cry meant. They, they cried out, it's time, he's here. They all knew the call. Not only that, they all knew the consequences. They had to have light. And right when they heard the call, five of them, they didn't have to sit there and pray about it, think about it. Right when they heard the call, they said, I ain't got any oil. Ain't that what it says? They already, listen, they already knew they didn't have the oil. Because you know how I know that? Because when he cried out and the call came, the first thing they said, we don't have oil. There's a lot of people in church today, they're trying to be good. You'll never be good enough. You say, well, I'll change. I'll quit doing this. I'll quit doing that. Listen, <laughs> Men, you will never be able to make ourselves into anything. Only the Holy Ghost can make us into something. There's people all over, and I thank God I'm in a church here tonight that they believe in the Holy Ghost. They believe in the Word of God. They believe in getting saved. They believe God can reach down and save sinners like me. They believe, but there's a whole lot of churches out here. They're, they're going doing all kinds of things, trying to just, you know, if we can just feed them, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. Maybe God will help. I'm going to tell you, the only way to get in is to have all. I'm going to tell you something. I can, I, can, I, can dress, I can put on a coat and tie and I can carry my Bible and I can go to church I can be baptized I can be a church member does not mean that I'm not going to split hell wide open. Ain't but one thing. See, they knew the consequence. They had to have light. They got out their lamps, and the Word of God says they began to trim the wicks. I don't know much about that. I know that some of you may know more about it than I do. I talked to an old-timer at my church. He said he used to have to trim. said they'd be charred up and burned up, and he said, well, you know, it wouldn't burn real bright. So he said that after start. He said, he said, my mom and dad used to start trimming that wick so it would burn bright, it would burn warmer, it would burn brighter, and it would be something that would be able to be used for a long time during the night. And they all, see, they all started, they started trimming their wicks. You know what they started doing? They started working their way, hoping that they would have some kind of light. Trim your way, trim, trying to work your way to get to where the light would burn. But the only problem was you can't get a light to burn when there ain't no oil. People ask sometimes, say, why do you get so excited? 
He saved me. You say, how do you know you're saved? Because the Holy Ghost tells me so. When I don't do right, He convicts me. When, when I'm by myself, He speaks to me. Still small voice. The Word of God sometimes jumps out. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm not that smart. I ain't real educated. I don't know a whole lot about this, but I don't know Greek. I don't know Hebrew, but I know the author. And I know when he does something, that it does something in my heart. And when I see that God is moving, there's something in my heart. I want to live for him. I want to do the best I can. I want to be used of him because you know what? I'm 57 years old. This may be the last time I ever get to preach. And what would I preach if this was the last time? You just had somebody pass away. That could be me tonight. Heard a man preaching the other night. He said, every 11 seconds in the, in, in, the, in the world today, somebody gets saved in the world. Every 11 seconds, they say. One of these days, church, the last part of the bride's going to get in. And that, that 11th hour, that 11th sex is going to go 11. You say, that scare you? Not at all. There's a time in my life that has scared me to death. You know why? Because I wasn't living for him. There's a time when I was, when I was about eight years old, eight, nine years old, my, parent, my, my mom and them sung in a quartet, and they'd sing this song called The Third Man. And I tell you what it talked about. He said, he's doing this for me. He's doing this for me. It'd get all over me. I was eight years old. I'd tell my daddy, i got to go to the bathroom. My stomach's hurting. He'd look at me and grin real big. And I remember him walking out in front of the church, walking in the gravel. And I couldn't get far enough away. I couldn't get far enough away not to hear them singing through them walls. He did this for me. I remember they took me to a place and they had a wax figure of Jesus on the cross. And I told my mom, I'm not going in there. And daddy just grinned. See, they knew, they knew right then that the Holy Ghost was dealing with me. They knew that. And I was realizing as a man who died on a cross, who would save me. And at nine years old, the Holy Spirit met me. I didn't know I was going to meet him that morning. I came up that little windy, crooky road. I got up there at nine years old. He called me. He drew me. I came out of there. He saved me. And I thank God tonight, whatever happens to me, I win either way, no matter what happens. You preach hell all you, all you hard as you want to. There's a time I'd have been in this altar begging God, wondering. I don't want to wonder anymore. I want to know for sure where I'm going when I die. See? He said, it's time to go. Now. Now. So there's the professing, and then we've got the possessing. All are together, all are invited, all have garments, all have lamps, all know he's coming, all know they need the light to make the wedding, all done what they could. They tried to trim my wicks, they did all these things, but five of them had one thing and five of them didn't. It was the one thing that's essential. Verse 8, And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. They, they jumped up, trimmed their lamps, but the only problem was works ain't going to get you in. Five of them goes into a panic. You know what we need a reviving of in our churches today? 
We need a reviving that hell is real. You say, that's crazy. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. We're going through the world. We're just doing our thing. And all around us, all around us is people that's heading for a devil's hell. You know what I try to do sometimes? I try to get it out of my mind. My friends. I try to get out of my mind that, that they're, that they're going to, that, that, that they say they're going to get right. Right before they go, they're going to do what they want to do. And right before they leave, they're going to get right. I tell you what, you don't get saved whenever you want to. You don't, you don't, you don't. Hey, the Holy Spirit's got to be drawing you, got to be dealing with you. You don't get, you just don't say, I believe tomorrow I'm going to quit doing all this stuff and I'm going to get saved. You don't sit saved like I got saved. When God dealt with my heart, I asked Him to come into my heart. He saved me and I've been saved ever since. If I could have lost my salvation, I would have a long time ago. I'd have lost mine today. Because one sin keeps me out of the fellowship and relationship with God, except for the blood of Calvary. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the blood. Thank God he took my place. Thank God he said, let me have your tab and your tab and your tab. You know what? I'm going to give you everything I've got, and I'll take everything you've got, and we'll call it clean. Just accept me as your Lord and Savior. You know, a lot of times where you know why people can't, you know why people can't get saved? They ain't never realized that they lost. I'm a good person. You ain't that good. I do good things. You ain't done that many good things. I've been in church all my life. That means nothing. I've been baptized. means nothing. I'm on, I've been a church member for 45 years. That means nothing. You know what that is without Jesus? It's called religion, and religion will send people to hell. That ain't no different than Roman Catholicism. Now, you get saved, you get baptized, you become a church member, you get to work for the Lord, then you're going. But you've got to be saved first. They've been invited, they've been waiting, they got their lap, and they say, give us some of your oil. We don't have any light. They have no way to get it because he's gone. They don't have what it takes to let their light shine. I don't like preaching this stuff. I hope, maybe the Lord let me preach on heaven. Five go into a panic. The other five have complete peace. Years ago, I had to go to a lady on the way up. They told me that they just got the diagnosis. And boy, this lady, I'd known her since I was as far back as I could remember. Oh, she's a saint of God. And I was getting ready to go up over at Mission. And they called me and they said, her, and, her, and her daughter was crying. She said, we just got the news. She said, mom's got brain cancer and her brain's like cottage cheese. Nothing they can do. Where are you at? I said, I'm, on, I'm getting ready to get on the elevator to go up and see her. And I thought I, I, thought I was going to go over and puke. 
I was sitting there going, she just found out, and I'm getting ready to walk in here. My husband was a deacon at the church. She played the organ. And I went there, and I said her, and she was sitting up and had a big old smile on her face. And she grabbed my hand. She said, son, it's okay. She said, I made preparation for this a long time ago. And she said, you know what? She said, it's amazing when he takes a sting out of it. She said, I'm so sorry for my husband. I'm so sorry for my daughter. I'm so sorry for my grandchildren. And she said, I'm not a bit scared. I'm not a bit worried. And I'm not a bit hurting. And I thought, what a God. I tell you what, when you know it, when Jesus saves you, you've got something. No matter, people say, what's going to happen if Russia does this, China does this? It don't matter to me. I'm going to be the Jesus. I'm going, I'll let them worry about all that. Whatever happens, I'm going to tell you what, I'm ready to go no matter what happens. If he cries out and they say the bridegroom's coming, I'm going to say, here am I, Lord, come get me. That's right. But oh, what if I was in a panic? You know how many times I've heard the gospel preached? You know how many times I've heard my, I've had my opportunity? There's probably nobody in here that ain't heard it their whole life. We live in a good area in some ways. But sometimes I believe it's almost like we've been vaccinated. We got just enough, but not the real thing. You see? Rapture takes place tonight. I ain't coming tomorrow night. And if you show up, you're on your own. See, five had peace. They said, give us your oil. They said, we can't. I can't give you no oil tonight. Oh, I wish I could, I wish, I wish I could go and I could go to all these places and I could go through and I could just start. They say, Preacher Jim, oh, you, you ain't got him saved. I ain't never saved nobody. I can tell you where to get the oil. And I can tell you about the, the man who bought it. And I can tell you what he did for me. And I tell you what, I can tell you that he died on an old rugged cross, shed all his blood because the Father, him, and the Holy Ghost loved me enough to give everything they had so that I could have some oil. Oh, I praise God in my heart right now. I'm so glad to be saved tonight. I'm glad to say. I tell you what, he said, he said, we can't do it. We can't get it to you. We can't help you. Hurry before it's too late. We need to be urgent about telling people, you better get in. Listen, church, this thing's getting ready to wind up. Every preacher I know right now is feeling an urgency. This thing is getting ready to wind up. If you're going to get in and get to all, you need to get it. You say, well, I know that people be saved. After. I'm going to tell you what. The Word of God says they'll give us a strong delusion. If you can't accept it under the age of, day of grace, you're going to have a hard time accepting it when the Antichrist. Right now, right now is the time. It won't cost you a thing. The proof. Look at verse 10. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. 
They're all the same, except five had oil and five didn't. Everything else is the same. You, I told you the other night, you don't know if I'm saved. You say, well, he speaks, he talks. He does this, he does that. So did Hitler. He moved the whole nation with all his stuff, didn't he? It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's the gospel of good news to a lost and dying people that can't get in any other way except through grace. Oh, I tell you what, I'll tell you this tonight. If I had to live under the law, I couldn't keep it an hour. You say, well, you're just a wicked person. I've got, I've got a crazy mind. If I think it, it says I've done it, right? You say, well, I've got all that tame. First thing you need to worry about is don't lie so much. <laughs> See, the proof. When it all came down to it, the oil was the only thing that made the difference. You know what I started thinking? It wasn't one of them was a drug addict and the other had never been out of church. Mm -mm, had nothing to do with it. It wasn't that one of them was a preacher and the other wasn't. They got nothing to do with it. It wasn't one of them had a good mom and a good daddy and the other ones didn't. Had nothing to do with it. What it all come down to was do you have all or do you not? It's a simple thing. Have you accepted him or have you rejected him? There's a man right there in the middle cross that's told him today he was the son of God, died on the cross. There's two thieves. One accepted. He got all. One rejected. He didn't. And that's it. You say, well, it's more complicated than that. You're reading a different Bible. You're trying to get there by works. Jesus Christ will save you just as you are. Had people all the time, you, come, go, you need to go talk to them. They, 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 they're drinking. You need to get them to quit drinking. Then they're just a sober person on the way to hell. Listen, they need Jesus Christ. God will take care of them. It ain't for me and you to change them. The Holy Ghost will change them. It'll change them. He'll change them. They that were ready went in. I'm going to tell you, church, the oil makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> the oil is a difference between heaven and hell. What is oil? Oil symbolic in the Word of God of the Holy Spirit. That's it. Jesus says, Jesus, Jesus is saying right here, not me. Jesus, Jesus is saying right here that appearance is not enough. Jesus is saying right here that what you carry is not enough. Jesus is saying right here that where you attend is not enough. Jesus is saying right here that knowing he's coming and here's your whole life is not enough. To know that there's going to be a bridegroom crying, that's not enough. Jesus is saying all these things. Being invited, being invited, getting an invitation is not enough. They're all invited. But only five of them was ready. Having a lamb trim, you know, we can look good. 
I can't look good that much, but I lost my hair. That's that bad. We can get shined up and do all these things. It's what's inside here. It's what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's what, it's what, hey, you say, what do you, you accept. You accept the gift. You see, uh, at the midnight cry, there's going to be two types of people. There's two types of people here today. If there's somebody lost here tonight, I don't know why God would want me to preach this message. He don't waste a message. He doesn't waste one. Tonight's your night. I've been with some been born again in the last few weeks, and you know what? There ain't nothing better. There ain't nothing better than a birth. It fires me up to know that someone missed hell and going on their way to heaven. <laughs> And ain't a thing that the devil can do about it. And ain't a thing anybody can do about it. There's two types of people here today if the death angel whispered in your ear. There's two types of people here today if the trump of God were to sound. It'd be those who have peace and those who go into a panic. Let me ask you a question. What if you got a text right there, got your phone? some way, somehow. The Holy Spirit could send us all a message. He said, ten minutes. You're out of here. I'd shout this house down. <laughs> what would you do? Ain't that right? Would you, would you have peace? Could we, hey, could we get up here and sing Amazing Grace like we've never sung it before? Or would we go into a panic? And then you go, you know what you got to do then? You better hope the oil's flowing. Because if it ain't, you say, that don't make sense. No, the Holy Ghost, the Holy, you already know. I ain't telling you anything you don't know already. See? Verses 10 through 12 says, this, well, verse 11, afterward came also the other one and said, Lord, Lord, open to us. But Aaron said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. You know what really sticks out to me right there? They knew him as Lord. They knew who he was. He said, I don't know you. They even knew what they needed, and they ran to get it, but it was too late. There'll be people all... We live, we live in a place where the Word of God's been preached a lot. There's, over where I'm at, and probably out here too, every, every time I take a turn, there's a, there's a steeple. There's a steeple. We've been saturated with it. You know, there's a price to pay. 
and you've known about it your whole life. But you said, I will someday. See, they knew what they needed, yet they still didn't have it. Let me say this to you. Every one of us is on our own at the midnight cry. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? I won't be asking you, do you think I'm saved? And you won't be asking me, do you think I'm saved? We ain't going to be talking like that. When the midnight cry comes, it's done. We either get into the marriage supper or we say, Lord, Lord, he says, I never knew you. The only way you know you're saved is that your lamp has oil. That's it. At the midnight cry, we will all be who we are and not who we pretend to be. Hadn't been pastoring very long. A man at the church been member of thing. I think he's been there 35 years. When they, the church didn't have about 45, 50 people in it, and they voted all men, of course. I think it's 49 to 1. And I thought, I'll get that, I'll, I'll get that figured out who that is. And it wasn't who I thought it was. Three times a week he was, he was in God's house. Been there 35 years. Got a call after I'd been there a little while, and he'd had another, there's an older preacher. I hadn't been preaching very long, and that older preacher didn't really like me because he wanted the church. It's a shame, but that's what was happening. And, and him and this guy was going around the community telling people I didn't preach God's word, and there's people getting saved. And, and I tell you what, I, I remember getting that phone call from the deacon. He said, I just want you to let this know, but they just run into somebody and they set him straight. And I remember sitting there, I remember putting that phone and putting that phone up, and I just been, I just started preaching. I hadn't been pastoring probably but a few months. And I remember hanging that thing up, and I remember saying, you know what? They can have this. I was so mad. And I remember... So I knew who the guy was. He'd sit there and glare at me when I was preaching. <laughs> there all three times a week. Went to a deacon's meeting one night. He was waiting for me in the parking lot. He knew he was having a deacon's meeting. I'd had a bad day, and I thought, you know what? The church ain't here. It's getting ready to... I, I, stomp, I stomped down through that parking lot, and he was waiting on me, and I thought, buddy, ain't nobody right now here but me and you. And I'm going to say, he fell. He got really bad hurt. <laughs> he throwed his arms around me, wouldn't let me go, started crying, begging me to forgive him. And I was standing there like this. I, I didn't know why. It shocked me so much. 
And he had got saved on the side of the road. God was dealing with him so strong. He got saved on the side of the road in the gorge going toward Tennessee. And he asked me to forgive him for all the things he had done. Let me tell you what happened to that man. He'd been there 35 years. The next night, Wednesday night, he come walking down through there. He said, I'm going to get in the choir. He got in the choir. The Lord said, call on him to pray. I'd never done that. I called on him to pray. And I'm going to tell you what happened to that being. That man, he was in his 50s. That man would come if he was off and if I was preaching in a funeral. And he knew it was people in the community and nobody else would be there. He would come and sit on the back row of the funeral home and sit there and pray for me. Don't you tell me. Religion will send you to hell. But I'm telling you what, when Jesus Christ saves you, he'll turn your life around. He'd, he'd cry. He'd testify. I'm like, he's been there 35 years. Nobody's ever heard anything from him. What he was, he got old. Got eat up with cancer. I was pastoring at Beulah then. I'd been gone about 10 years. They called me and said, uh, Brother Jackie wants to see you. I went out there and he was eat up with cancer. I didn't hardly recognize him. Walked in there and I grabbed his hands. He said, give me a hug. He put that arm up there and he hugged me. And you know what he said? Preacher, you've forgiven me of all that years ago, ain't you? I said, brother, you end up being one of my best friends in the church. He said, would you tell people when I die, would you get up there, would you tell them where I'm at, and you tell them my story, what happened to me? He said, somebody else may get saved because of what I was. He said, I had religion, but I didn't have Jesus. And I looked at him, I said, you all right? He said, oh, I'm getting ready to get out of here. I'm going to tell you, all changes everything. This preacher revival not long ago. Preacher's wife got saved. She came. I thought she had a burden. She wasn't a pastor, but she was a preacher at that church. She had led. She came, giving all the call. She grabbed the kid, gave the kid to the preacher, and came down. And I thought she had a burden. I said, what are you burdened? Can I help you pray? She said, yeah, you can pray for me. I'm lost. She said, I've known it for 10 years. I've been scared to death to tell anybody. Two weeks ago. 82-year-old woman talked to me for 25 years. Going to change, move her letter to another church. The pastor asked, can you tell me a testimony when you get saved? And she started trembling and said, I can't. Here's what she said. I've never thought about this. He said, you can't tell me when you've been saved? She goes, no, but I can tell you the very night and tell you and take you to the very place that God dealt with me and I rejected it. I'd never heard that before. I can tell you the place I got saved, but she said, I can tell you, but she said, I've never accepted and he's not dealt with me. And she started trembling at 82 years old. She got saved the other night. Now, I'm not saying that to, I'm, I'm saying that to say this. That man I told you about as a member for 35 years, you know what he told me? He said, I knew I was lost for years. He said, I also knew that I would never walk the aisle as long as you were preaching because of the way you preached. That's what pride will do. That's what bitterness will do. 
I'm going to ask you tonight. Here's the thing. Here's why I said all that to say this. All those three that I just mentioned, every one of them already knows that they were lost. Some of them had known for years. But you know what it was? Here's what it was. My kids think I'm saved. My husband thinks I'm saved. My preacher thinks I'm saved. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to get you to doubt at all. I'm just going to say this. If the, Holy, if the Holy Spirit of God came in your heart and you were, birth, you, you, you were born again, you'll know it. <laughs> and you'll know when it happened. Don't you tell me that Jesus Christ can't come in your heart and say, well, I didn't even know him. I said, when did you get saved? Well, I've always been. No, you ain't always been saved. You've always been a sinner. The holy God in heaven moves into your heart. Somebody's going to know it. And you're going to be the first one. If you're saved, you can't be lost. But tonight, They may be one, they may be two. I don't I have no idea. But God sent me out here to preach this message tonight for you. And if he's dealing with you tonight, today is the day of salvation. If he's dealing with you, if he's dealing with you, if you come to him, He'll meet you right where you are. He'll save your soul. You said, well, what would you do? What if the Lord dealt with you that way? I'd crawl down here. I may not make it back home tonight. But if I don't get to preach here tomorrow night, I'll see you again if you know him. If you don't know him, I won't. Simple question. Do you have oil?